What's an alien's favorite chocolate bar? A Mars bar. <laughs> hey, shh. Welcome back, everyone, to Not Another Needless Sequel, where we talk movies and propose unnecessary prequels, sequels, reboots, and remakes. I'm your host, Kane, and today I have with me my wife, Kelsey. Kelsey will be my co-host as we discuss 2002's Signs. Now, this is a horror movie, and I know that you hate horror movies, so I'm not sure you're prepared for this. I'm pretty strong, and I'm pretty fast. All right, well, then use that skill to tell us the story. So, it's a movie about... A guy who's now a single dad to two kids because his wife got crushed by a car. And there's signs in their cornfield that aliens are invading and they're deciding if it's the end of the world or not. Hmm. I feel you're offending the religious folk of this movie by not mentioning that aspect of it. I think it's pretty heavy-handed. That but we'll a, go through it. That he's a pastor? I mean, is the title signs about the crop circles or is it about the spiritual... It's about him, like, realizing it's a whole thing. He's going through a crisis of faith because his wife died, and he stopped being a pastor. Yes. And then there just so happens to be... An alien, alien invasion. <laughs> That's separate. But the sign isn't about the crop signs at all. It's about the sign from his dying wife smashed between a tree that allows them to beat the aliens. The movie starts out with... Mel Gibson's character, Graham, waking up in the early morning, getting ready for the day, and... Before you continue, can I say something? Yeah. You know the beginning of the credits? The yes. beginning credits of the movie? They make no sense. Why? You want to know why? Because it starts out, and it comes up, and it says, Mel Gibson, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix, signs... And then it moves to everyone else that stars in the movie, and all of the producers and everything. <laughs> makes zero sense. I mean, because they're arguably the biggest names going into the movie, but, you know, movies don't really do the beginning credits anymore. I mean, it's a very 2002 thing to do. Yeah. But you don't put the name of your two main actors, the title of the movie, and be like, psych, everyone, we're going to keep doing credits. It went on for a while. I do like the music in that beginning, though. It's very yeah. uh, elevated for then seeing a man wake up from bed and start brushing his teeth. Anyway, so yeah, that's all I have to He say. hears one of his children scream from outside, and he rushes out there. You also then see his brother, Merrill, who sleeps in his own like house that's offset from his house. I don't know what to call it, a guest house. And he also wakes up. He, like, flips out of bed when he hears the scream. He goes running out there. Before I continue that, I did want to say, like, I think Joaquin Phoenix is really good in this movie. Like, for what his role is supposed to be, I believe that he did an excellent job. And Joaquin Phoenix actually replaced Mark Ruffalo, who was going to play the brother. But Mark Ruffalo had to pull out of the film due to a brain tumor that I guess he had. They ended up taking care of that. But I can't really imagine Mark Ruffalo in this role as much. Yeah, I could see that. Which, I guess Mark Ruffalo, like, he would have been a lot younger. And I typically picture him in his current age. And I imagine, you know, the character of Meryl as, like, a younger guy compared to Graham. We need Zodiac's Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. So Graham and Meryl go running out into the cornfield where the children were screaming, and his kids, Morgan and Bo, are out there. 
and Morgan points Graham's face towards these crop circles that were made in the field. Um, those crop circles are actually real. Like M. Night Shyamalan doesn't use a lot of CGI when possible. And so they actually went through and like made all those. So I thought that was interesting. What they do with all the corn? Probably threw it away. You know, Always. wasteful. Yeah. I kind of wondered like, what kind of fucking brave kids just walk out into the crop circle? And they... Knowing Jeepers Creepers is out there? <laughs> Why would they walk out there? Could they see the crop circles from... No, I just think that they're being kids and like... Yeah, nobody could see them. They just went in. out there. And I would never, I would never walk into a cornfield under any circumstances. I wouldn't either. F that noise. And they After just, all the horror movies you've made me watch, no sorry, Bob. They're just standing out there. There's probably spiders in there, too. That, too. Yeah, absolutely not. So, that's, like, kind of an introduction to what the movie is going to cover. They end up going back to the house, and, you know, Graham is calling... Carol, the cop. Well, he, he does call Carol, but he's on the phone with someone else that's, like, his friend. He believes maybe it's his friend's kid that did it and did all this, and he just wants to know because it was strange. At the same time, one of their dogs is sick, and the dog pees on the floor, and this is just a small thing, but, like, why did he use such shitty paper towels to clean up the dog pee? And then, like, he holds it, and it's just absolutely soaking wet, and the pee's not even clean, and I'm like... You, have you ever had a dog before? He's a single father who works too hard, <laughs> loves his kids, and never stops. Well, as he's throwing away his sobbing wet dog piss towels, <laughs> the cop comes. It's not Bounty, that's for sure. No, it's not. <laughs> um, The cop shows up. And he said, oh, that was quick, Carol. I only called you guys two hours ago. <laughs> yes. Now, in response to that, this fucking cop... The entire movie, I feel every time she speaks, it is the strangest thing. Like, she is just this, like, small-town America cop. She's like, well, Mrs. Candleman was mad about skateboards, and she went down to the skateboard shop, and she was spitting on the skateboard. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> like, nobody asked for all this. She's like, and she must have had a cold or something, because I tell you, I won't eat for a week. Like, yeah. great. <laughs> I called you out here. Why are you fucking giving me this life story? What is this story, first of all? But either way, it's just like, thanks. Anyway, let's get to what I called you about. I know. I called you about something more important. For real. My corn is <laughs> down. My corn is down. So he takes the cop out there to check on the corn or the, you know, the uh, sign in the field. And then they're out there and she tells some fucking story and she is calling him father, which is a recurring theme through the movie where people keep calling him father. And he's like, please don't call me that anymore because I'm not a pastor anymore. And he stops and she's like, what's wrong? And he says, I don't hear my children. You've not heard your children for 30 minutes. This isn't new. Why are yeah. you suddenly acting like this? Now, there's a small scene where you see that Morgan and Bo are trying to give the dog water. And Bo has this thing throughout the whole movie where every time she drinks water, she's like uh, the fucking elephant from Tarzan. She's like, is this water sanitary? Looks questionable to me. <laughs> yeah, she's like, this one has a hair in it. This one has Morgan's amoebas in it. This, this is bacteria. One... Yeah. And so anyway, they give the dog the water, but then the dog like snaps at Bo. And that's when it cuts back to uh, Graham and the cop. But when he goes back after not hearing his children, he sees that the dog is dead. Houdini's dead. And Morgan says that the dog fell on him because mm -hmm. the dog has like um, the stake. He in, was grilling. Yeah, it has he like the grill thing the, yeah. in his chest. Um, but it was trying to eat Morgan and he was 
or Bo, and yeah. he, but he was protecting Bo. Yeah, so that's kind of sad, but it also goes along with the cop telling a story about how some of the animals around the town are acting weird, almost like when there's a predator nearby, they say, so obviously that's because the aliens are around. Mm-hmm. And when he's going back inside with his children to, I don't know, get them cleaned up, whatever the fuck, I want to mention, like, Meryl walks out, and Graham's like, where were you? And Meryl's holding potato salad and, like, some other shit for grilling. And he, I, mm-hmm. like, looks, and then he sets the potato salad down on, on the, the ground. ground. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, what are you doing? There's no immediate threat right now. Fucking put that potato salad down somewhere logical. Now no. it's ruined. No, I literally I literally said the same thing. Also, like, but being inside, did he not hear the dog? Did he just ignore it? Yeah, like, it I know they been were loud, all right? Picking. Right, and then why is the grilling left up to Morgan? Well, he says, like, Dad's gonna burn these again. But either way, like... Why? And then he just set, it was bags of potato chips, and I assumed it was potato salad that he just set on the ground and took and tied the dog up, and then it cuts, and, like, did they eat dinner? Did they not? Like, it makes no sense. So we kind of cut to the middle of the night, and Graham wakes up to see Bo standing there. Like, holy shit. (laughs) like i would have had a fucking heart attack i might have punched my kid in the face like (laughs) that's why that's why we don't have kids like he opens his eyes she's just standing there and she says there's a monster outside my room can i have a glass of water and he just takes that shit in stride he's like yeah let's get you a glass of water like (laughs) why what happened to all these other glasses they're all dirty yeah, that I mean, they, like I said, they go through that in the movie. She says, like, you know, that water's old. But you don't just hear your kids say there's a monster outside of my room and just be like, whatever. Like, you're just a kid. Like, comfort them and make sure that it's not like a burglar standing outside of their room. But when he gets her water and brings her back to her room, he sees the alien standing on the roof just looking at them. Uh-huh. And one thing that I noticed about when the aliens, like, arrive is uh, the crickets, like you hear crickets, and then they just completely go silent. Like that's like a sign that the aliens have arrived, like everything in the area just quiets down. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So Graham assumes this is not an alien, obviously. He thinks that it's this, he says Lionel Pritchard and the Wolfington brothers. Yeah. It sounds like a fucking... He, He wakes up Meryl. Yes, he wakes up Meryl to go deal with this, and Meryl and him are getting their shoes on, and Meryl's like, we're going to run out there, and we're just going to act crazy and run at them. And Graham's like, yeah, he says, it won't be convincing. It doesn't sound natural when I curse. And so it doesn't sound natural. They go running out there. Graham is saying things like, ah, I'm insane with anger. (laughs) He says, I'm losing my mind. It's time for an ass whooping. <laughs> like, yeah, he sounds whooping. so weird. Whooping, not whooping. But whooping. they run around each side of the house. When they meet back up, Graham says, I cursed. And Meryl's like, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get the cop back yeah, to take a statement. Yeah, because they're trying to figure out what happened because they say that the person jumped on the roof. And then it seems like the alien jumped on the roof and then jumped over them and ran through their swings to the cornfield. Yeah. Kind of a weird escape plan. Anyway, the cop is kind of shit-talking them. You know, the cop's like, well, you know, I mean, maybe it was someone from out of town and, you know, you never know because they're, like, super confused how somebody jumped, I don't know, 10 feet off the ground. Well... This is my favorite line of the movie, is when Meryl's explaining. Yeah. It's just, I'm pretty strong, and I'm pretty fast, and, like, I couldn't even catch up to them, or something like that. I just want to mention this line right here. 
is why Joaquin was hired to be the Joker as a really good dancer. Because he's really fast, he's really strong, he must be a really good dancer. My god. <laughs> well. It's the cringiest line of the movie. I like it. <laughs> cringiest line of the movie. So, the officer tells them all this stuff about Scandinavian Olympic women that can jump that high. During this time, Bo is trying to change the channel, and she keeps asking about the remote, and he's like, why don't you just change the channel on the TV? And Bo says, it's the same on every channel. And they see that it's being reported around the world that these crop circles are popping up everywhere. That seems a little weird. They don't seem to care that much, because the officer tells them to just spend the day with the family and, uh, you know, get out of the house. the house, that kind of thing. You know, typical fucking nonsense solutions to real world problems where people are like, well, you just need some sun. Like, yeah. okay, sure. The sun will help your anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't worry about these crop circles that are in your yard and are now popping up around the entire globe. That's no big deal. Get outside. So they go to spend the day in town and they all kind of like split up. You know, um, Graham goes to get medicine for Morgan. He has asthma that like comes up throughout the movie. Meryl goes to a recruitment office. I don't like it seems like on a whim he was like, you know what, I think I'm gonna sign up to yeah. join the military. Well, he was a star baseball player and it just didn't work out for well, whatever reason. That was a while ago though, you know? Yeah. Or hell, I guess I don't know. Maybe it was six months ago and maybe he ended his baseball career to move in with his brother after I, I honestly don't know. They I don't really get it into just that. didn't work out because he was the home run champion of the town in high school. Yeah, and so they mentioned that as well, which doesn't seem important, but all these little things all come up at the end. But yeah, they say like, you know, he holds so many records but including one for striking out and he said like it just felt wrong not to swing Bo and morgan in a typical small town america just go off by themselves even though they're children young children yes they go to a bookshop and there's a guy in there watching the news about the crop circles and he says they're trying to sell sodas i've seen 12 commercials so far yeah like everybody's like i've been watching it since morning well that's why motherfucker you've been watching it all day my favorite is when morgan's like looking at the alien book and gonna buy it he's like it's 13 yeah or whatever yeah, he, he screws says it's out. another 13. one or something uh that book that they buy is actually the artwork in it of the aliens was done by um, M. Night Shyamalan's daughter. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, what I think is actually the cringiest line, the grossest fucking thing, is when Meryl is at that office trying to get recruited for the military, the guy recognizes him as the baseball guy, whatever. He says, why aren't you making stacks of cash and getting your toes licked by beautiful women? Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to kink shame anyone, but you don't say that to another human being like just on a whim you don't know him why well, would you he say that did, he owns the strikeout and the home run record i guess so and then graham you know like i said he was getting medicine and the pharmacist whatever she's like wanting to confess confess to him because he used to be a preacher and she's like i said 37 curses does douchebag count as a curse and he's like it depends on the context and she says i don't know john you're a douchebag and he's like yes and then she's like it's 71 that's insane. How many times did you say douchebag? I know. <laughs> but anyway, they all kind of meet up again for pizza. And this is when the first time you see Ray Reddy, who 
it ends up being revealed that Ray Reddy is the man that killed his wife there. Fa- he fell or, asleep driving. Yes. Um, and that's kind of an awkward scene, but because you don't really know why, you just see them all uncomfortable. Anyway, they are heading back home, and Morgan has been messing with the baby monitor based on a conversation he had with the cop about he was into her radio. It was kind of weird. Like, it, it didn't... She was like, you can use a baby monitor as a walkie-talkie. No, you can't. She's like, it only works one way. Then it's not a fucking walkie-talkie now, is it? <laughs> yeah, it didn't make sense, because, like, what did he... It seemed like he wasn't interested in it for the sake of listening to the aliens. He just wanted somebody to talk to. Yeah, but on their way home from the city the baby monitor starts picking something up and so they have this moment where they all are like touching it and raising it to the sky and they swear that they're hearing something and Graham's like this is why we're not watching TV and makes them shut it off he's kind of dismissive the entire movie about all of the things that are going on so Graham at some point like has them turn the TV back on after you know trying to have this day of like no technology that's such a weird thing to say because it's not like they had cell phones they don't appear to have a computer it's just the TV and the radio yeah it also like his brother's like asking if he thinks it could be real and all this because his brother's starting to believe after he heard the aliens well after they turn the tv back on they spend the day like or they spend like the rest of the night watching this whole program um i know what you're about to get to before that i want to laugh at the fact that morgan says everything they wrote in science books is about to change Bo. we need to film this for your kids whatever and so like he's a kid so the way he's talking makes sense but then the newscaster says everything they wrote in science books is about to change is that the way they'd say it science, science books, books? <laughs> like, yeah everything they wrote in science books is about to change like you sound super dumb right now. <laughs> yeah. but yeah but then the kids fall asleep watching it they're just playing it all night and then you were gonna mention i guess the conversation that they have yeah it was just like like, Meryl was asking him if he believed, you know, certain things or not, if somebody was really watching out for us, if it was the end. And we all know that he's having a crisis of faith. His wife passed away so abruptly in an accident, so he doesn't believe, basically doesn't isn't religious anymore mm-hmm. because he thinks it was all a lie because something bad happened to him. And Meryl truly wanted to know what he thought, and he said, there's no one watching out for us, Meryl. We're all on our own. And it kind of, like, I think it made Meryl sad, honestly, a little bit to see how, like, far down his brother was. And, yeah. It is a deep change. You see, I mean, knowing that he was this leader in a religious group and then seeing him just straight up tell him there's nobody out there that is obviously a drastic change so what i laughed about in that scene though is it's very serious but then meryl says basically fuck that i believe in miracles you know why because one time i was at this party and this girl i was about to kiss and he's like he says her name he's like sarah fucking Jonas, whatever and he's like Like, you know her. She's hot, right? And then he's like, I had gum in my mouth, so I turned to put it into a cup. And when I did, she puked. So I knew that was a miracle. I'm like, wow, that is quite a faith story, Meryl. I can see why you're so religious now. Oh my god, I know. The conversation during that scene, I think, between them was important up until that moment and then it just felt like it took me out of it i was just like that was a great story meryl so yeah we get like flashbacks throughout the movie but this is the first one after that where you see graham pulling up to the accident where his wife died it kind of cuts off very abruptly you just see him pulling up for that first flashback and then the next
next day, you see that uh, Meryl has just been watching the TV, like, all night, trying to see what's going on. He's, like, super interested in what's happening. He's telling Graham that the aliens that they saw last night are the lights. He believes they're still there. They're invisible because a bird was flying and it hit it and fell straight down or whatever. And, again, Graham's being dismissive, and I just don't get his dismissiveness at this point because everyone saw it. It's there. I don't know why now you're acting like nothing happened, but they get a call to the house. He picks it up. The person on the line says Graham or Father. I don't know what the fuck they say. And they just hang up. He realizes it's Ray Reddy's voice and... Ray Reddy is, of course, the man that killed his wife and also the town veterinarian. Yes. So he goes to Ray Reddy's house after that to see what's up. And when he gets there, he's like, can't find Ray. He's walking around the house. And then he sees Ray is sitting in his car in his driveway. Just staring at him. Well, he's just staring straight ahead. Super weird. But he goes over to him and he's like, how you doing, Ray? Like, what's going on? And the conversation between them, it nearly feels like they weren't filming at the same time. Like, right. they, it feels so, like, they're not talking to each well, other. Well, the whole movie kind of feels like that when people talk, in my opinion. I mean, you may have a different opinion. I honestly, I've seen probably three Mel Gibson movies in my entire life. This one, The Patriot, and Braveheart. And he's an alright actor, but I can see where maybe he does a better job of playing characters from a past period, rather Rather than a modern day character, which okay. I, so I don't know if it's I, I'm not trying to insult his acting necessarily. Anyway, they have a conversation where Ray is basically telling him he's how sorry he is and showing his remorse for what happened. And then he's just like, I'm going to a lake. There's an alien in my cupboard. Don't open that. And he drives off. And yeah. like, it's the weirdest like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what did it, you just say? Well, I think it was important, though, because Graham needed to see the alien for himself to know that it was real yes and to actually like believe well the thing is he goes in there and like why why are you bothering with this first of all this isn't your house <laughs> you just walked in and the guy said don't go in there so it's not like he invited you to go in there he technically didn't open the door no he didn't he just chopped some fingers off which he 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 walks up to the door and he's like this is the police we took your friends downtown in the paddy wagon <laughs> Like, I imagine the alien is in there like, what the fuck did this guy just say to me? So he walks up to the door and he sees that Ray was cutting vegetables or something. He has a fucking pristine looking chef's knife. He uses that to kind of get a reflection. He can't see anything. So he tries to walk away, but then he comes back, has a second thought. And as he leans down again, the alien sticks its three fingers out and he chops it off immediately. Uh -huh. He claims later that he felt that the alien wanted to hurt him and he screams, the alien screams. So he just cut off that alien's fingers and he goes home. At that point... Doesn't he walk into the house and all of them are wearing aluminum hats? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The tinfoil hats? Mer Meryl, Morgan, and Bo all have the tinfoil hats yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the funnier parts of the movie. So they, I guess now, Graham pretty much believes it. And he says to them, you know, we can go to the lake. I heard they don't like water. Fucking Morgan is like, that sounds made up. Like, <laughs> shut up. It all sounds made up. Dude, I'm just, I'll put it out there. Morgan is a butthole in this movie. I think he he's is so terrible to his dad and just so terrible in general, which we'll get to the worst thing he says in a minute. I think it's kind of the way that Rory Culkin acts. And I don't think he's a bad actor, but I think even the most modern thing I saw him in was a Scream movie. And I feel like he's nearly the same person mm. in that. And it's a credit to his acting, really, that he can be this kind of unique individual where you're like, God, you're kind of an asshole. Like, you're kind of like a know-it-all asshole. 
is what he seems like. Yeah, he does. I mean, they all decide ultimately to just stay at the house. So they're going to board up all of the doors, but it's going to be after they have dinner. And and Graham says they can eat whatever they want for dinner, so everybody picks something different. What an amazing thing that they had the ingredients for for everything. everything. I know, and nobody (laughs) realizes that he's like, it's our last supper, like, because he thinks that they're all going to die. Yeah. And that breaks out a, he screams at the table, breaks out a crying fest wait, wait, at dinner. about that, I wanted to mention something about that scene. I don't know what it was. I've told you that I used to watch this movie a lot when I was younger. I don't know why that is. Maybe it was one of so many DVDs we had. So me and my siblings would watch this and it got to a point, you know, when you watch something so much, like it's sort of the same concept as when you say a word over and over, it like loses meaning. When you watch something over and over, like certain scenes change, like uh-huh. something that's supposed to be dramatic maybe doesn't hit the same because you've seen it so many times that scene made us laugh all the time when he goes fine nobody's gonna eat i'll just have a little bit of everything he starts reaching around the table (laughs) like we would die laughing and i still when i watch it like i laugh a little because like it just makes him seem like this selfish glutton he's just like (laughs) reaching around grabbing everyone's crying he's just like fuck this i'm gonna eat and then he starts crying yes but I think the worst thing, I don't know when Morgan says this, but he says that he, to Meryl, I wish you were my dad. Yeah, when they're, it's somewhere in all of that kind of last moments. And it's like, what a turd. His dad literally, he's like, give me money for the bookstore. And so he gives him money and then he (laughs) tries to do, like, I just feel like he's been nothing but supportive and Graham had done anything that Morgan wanted and he's just ungrateful and like that's a pretty terrible thing to say I think early 2000s that was such a mic drop line that movies and TV shows would use like I hate you I wish someone else was my dad that kind of thing they always used to do that for dads so just it was a constant but yeah he is obviously is sort of estranged from his dad throughout this movie based on I guess their conflicting beliefs you can even see at the dinner table you know Morgan says maybe we should say a prayer Graham's like fuck that I'm not wasting another second on prayer it goes to his crisis of faith yes yes and so you can see where they're butting heads over that they feel differently about that kind of thing so anyway after they eat they are boarding up the house more because they already boarded some of it up but then they have to like continue because the aliens are actually attacking first of all they realize they left a dog outside like what a fuck up you guys (laughs) come on yeah and you're just gonna let him die well i mean i get that at that point when you hear the aliens there i guess there's nothing you can do but jesus how do you forget the dog so aliens are attacking and they retreat to the basement during this like last boarding of the house and the aliens are getting in graham is telling the story to Bo and morgan about their births Uh and the stories of their births are actually the stories of m night Shyamalan's children like their births that's i thought that was kind of cute yeah but it's like a super stressful scene like he's trying so hard to like maintain eye contact with them and keep their focus like ignore the fact that we're about to die which I guess is all you can do in a situation where you know your children are going to die, but you can't say to them, like, this is it. You're just trying to have these final moments with them, and it's kind of sad. But once they retreat to the basement, 
moment they are holding the door from the aliens they're trying to like bum rush the door and they realize the aliens are just making noise outside of the door to distract them and they're trying to get in through a coal chute i don't even Uh know what the fuck that is anyway they are looking for the coal chute it's meryl and graham they're going around the perimeter of the room and they meet in the middle where the coal chute is which what unlucky bastards that they went the opposite way i know and it was the last thing they found and they point a flashlight on it and morgan's standing there it made no sense why are you why is he standing there? there? I I wrote that down. Yeah. Why is he standing in front of you the cold door after the room. everyone knew it was what they were looking for? He's just yeah. standing there in, in the, the dark. dark. Yes. And the thing is, I have this thing about this movie. The more I watch it, I think the aliens might be so dumb. I think the aliens yeah. are completely stupid. The alien has his hand hanging in the coal chute, just hanging there, and he waits until they f- put the flashlight, and Morgan goes, what? And then the alien just slumps his hand on Morgan's shoulder. <laughs> like, and so Morgan panics. I get that. You Something just touches your shoulder. Sent him into an asthma attack. Yes, and so they get away from the coal chute, which, how are they going to get in the coal chute? I don't think they were ever going to get in, but they put fucking 17 bags of dog food in front of the thing. And he's trying to calm Morgan down. And uh, he does. They fall asleep, I guess. And they wake up and they're hearing on the radio that the aliens are retreating. It says something about in the Middle East somewhere they found a way to repel the aliens. With water. They don't even say the water on the news. They just say they found a way. We don't have any information yet. But yeah, you're to assume it's because of water because of the rest of the movie. So they all go upstairs. They decide it's safe. And they put Morgan on the couch. They're going to bring the TV in while they get his medicine, all that. And when he's setting up the TV, like it's it's a pretty good jump scare, honestly, he, because you can't really do this anymore. Like it works better with, I think, old tube TVs. They had more of a reflection. So he moved the TV and you see in the reflection that an alien is holding Morgan, which is also a good way to cover up the shitty CGI. Now, they can only do so much with the CGI, but... Back in 2002, for sure. For yeah. sure. So they turn around and they do this weird like fisheye camera on Graham's face where it's like right in front of his face as he's like panicking and trying to figure out he what to do. He realizes it's the three finger missing alien for the guy who chopped off his Yes, his he, you see that as well. But he yeah. has like his final flashback that shows his wife in her final moments talking and saying, you know, tell the kids this. And then she says to tell, she says, tell Graham, even though he's right there, she says, tell Graham to see and tell Meryl to swing away. At the time of her death, he assumed that, I mean, I guess it's still true, but he said that, you know, her nerve endings were firing and some memory came into her head of them at a baseball game. This is kind of the moment where the whole movie comes together in the sign sense that all of this was supposed to happen for a reason because a lot of things happen in this moment. The alien tries to spray poison into Morgan's face, which they mention is something the aliens were doing on the news and like, what a dumb way to kill everyone. That's again why I think the aliens are stupid. This is the best you guys got. And you you see the kid's clearly incapacitated like do you think he's breathing that in yeah (laughs) but that's the thing is this goes back to the signs and why nothing is a coincidence for the movie morgan grew up with asthma because this moment would come where his lungs were going to be closed and And then Bo also saw that like she kind of saw the future and was like i don't want you to die yeah she does mention that she had a dream about all this Uh she even when the alien's holding him in the very beginning i believe Bo says i saw this or maybe it's when they're in the basement 
something. Anyway, Graham puts it all together, I guess, and he says to Meryl, swing away, and Meryl turns and sees the bat from his fucking whatever amazing thing he did and grabs it off the wall. And they have this standoff, which again brings me back to the aliens being stupid. They're just staring at each other. This guy's got a baseball bat, and you're just like, well, if you hit me with that bat, I'm holding this Why kid. couldn't he have just blown poison? Why, why don't you have a gun or something? You're planning on invading this planet, and you have nothing. So, Meryl is swinging a bat at him. At some point, they knock him into a thing, and one of his water cups fall over, and it pours water on the alien. You find out water's their weakness, which then goes back to the reason Bo had this water thing her whole life is so that one day they could have a room full of fucking cups of water that they could use to defeat this alien. Graham takes Morgan and runs outside with him, and, like, I get that your kid's dying, but also, your brother might die. You don't know what's going on in there. He doesn't care at all. But Meryl Meryl whoops this alien's ass. He just, you know, hits him into a wall and or into a dresser or something. And when he hits the dresser, like three cups of water pour on him. And I guess that was it. That was too much water. And they're all outside with Morgan. And, you know, he's like hoping that Morgan's okay. I guess he's praying, sort of. He's not, I don't know. He's like having his moment there. And Morgan is, of course, okay because he apparently didn't breathe in any of the poison. And that's the end of the movie. You get like an epilogue where you see that... Graham is a pastor again and that's it that's it so I gave this movie a 3.8 out of Ooh. 5 I mean there's a lot of things I like about this movie I feel and this could be on me because this is the kind of movie it is but I feel like the religious stuff is heavy-handed in the fact that they try and do this not or there's no coincidences thing and I think it's too much like the asthma and the cups of water I get it where again you're doing this like hey this is all part of God's plan but it feels so heavy handed that it makes it look like bad writing even though I don't think it is like it's such a ex machina of this is what solved the problem because your kids had these annoying fucking traits like mm. and you know Meryl too like Meryl could swing a bat really good I don't think you need to be able to swing it really good. I think, you know, you guys could have just had a water gun and been like, fuck you. I agree. Your 3.8 was generous. I gave it a 1.7. I did oh, not wow. like this movie at all. <laughs> it was so slow, so boring. I realized it was like a horror movie, but it really wasn't horror. It did, it had so many like super cheesy lines in it that I feel like maybe I liked it more the first time, but the second time I watched it, I was just ready for it to end. Yeah. It was so bad. 1.7. Yeah. I mean, Not the I worst movie I've ever seen for sure you know what i'm gonna say let's play a game let's play a game so little dicky once said when rapping about aliens would we even be able to fuck with their shit and no. based on that and this movie where the aliens weakness was water and they came to a planet that is mostly water i want to talk about different aliens and see how well do you think the earth would do against them okay so number one kryptonians how much kryptonite do we have None. It's not real. We lose. Zero chance. Zero chance. I mean, you're right. I guess. Yeah. there's. Mm -hmm. That's probably the roughest one. World domination. I don't think we'd be able to withstand anything from them. Okay, mm -hmm. so the xenomorphs from Alien. Okay, what's his weakness again? They're weak to fire, I guess. But I mean, they seemingly, they can nearly be killed by anything. Bullet. It's just gotta be a lot. Okay, do we have flamethrowers? Yeah, sure. Flamethrowers are real. Um, I think that I mean, we, it's not I think, you listen, and me. I know. I think that the world would have some pretty heavy casualties, but I think we could do it. Yeah. The thing is, is when people like you and me, just normal folks that don't have a flamethrower sitting in their house get killed, they're going to put eggs in our chest and then there's going to be more of them. So I think we would lose. I think we'd be overwhelmed. I don't think so. I think that we'd very quickly 
full out like Edge of Tomorrow type suits, you know, oh. and have like flamethrowers yeah. on our wrists. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about the Navi from Avatar? There's tall I, blue people, right? I mean, they can fight, but the military. I mean, they can die with just a bullet. So. I mean, if they're coming to Earth, I think the only reason they won in their movie is because it was their home planet. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I think we got that. Yeah. That's I do fine. Too. Uh, Gungan from Star Wars. That's Jar Jar. Oh, we win. You sure? They yeah. had those electric balls. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and they had them shields. We have grenades. They beat the droid army. <laughs> they did. The droid army that literally never hits anybody. They do. They hit people. Barely. <laughs> no, we win. Okay. Flora Colossus. That's what Groot is. Absolutely not. We're done. You think We're so? toast. You know what they're, they're going to do? They're just wood. Yeah, but you know what? They're... First off, just wood. <laughs> if you want to talk about just wood... Let's go to Lord of the Rings, Return, Lord of the, the Rings, ends. Return of the King. Look, there's, okay, there's only no. one Return. And it's of the Jedi. <laughs> I cannot even look you in the eye. Was it in Return, Return of the King that they did that, or was it the end of the second movie? In it, they're in the the two towers. Anyways, no, I don't think that we win. Well, I don't. I think what they're gonna do, and I'm just assuming they're gonna make other trees come to life. Well, and there's lots of trees on this planet. I think we'd win. Well, you're He's a bit dumb as well. Oh, that's rude. <laughs> okay. The next one is this. We don't have a species for this, but whatever Pennywise is uh -huh. from it, those. We win. We win? We just got to throw some insults and they shrink. <laughs> bully him? Yeah, we just got to right. bully him. You got a big old head. Especially if they come to America. Fucking, we're great at bullying. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, experiment one through 626 from Lilo and Stitch. They only have those, like one copy of each. Yeah, I think we can win. Yeah, some, some of them I do, do dumb shit. Yeah, like you know? the sandwich guy. Well, yeah, but besides the sandwich one, there's like one that digs. Like many of them are bulletproof. Oh, are they fireproof? A lot of them are. We could just trap him in a tube, though. Stitch is indestructible, and he was building up towards Stitch, so a lot of them are going to be indestructible. Hmm. So we would have to trap them. We'd have no other option. I think we could still trap them. Okay. Uh, the Monstars from Space Jam. We win. Even if they're big? Even if they're big. But we can't play basketball against them. Yeah, but we can take a knife and just oh, wow. be Achilles. Oh, wow. And they go straight okay. down. Uh, the Death Angels, those are the things from A Quiet Place. Oh, we lose. Yeah, we can't 100%. be quiet. People no. being quiet? You kidding me? No. no. People would just die. People would rather die hey, than be quiet. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Like, I think people would actively choose, if we were just like, all we have to do is be quiet for the rest of our lives, they'd be like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll just die. Yeah. The Cybertronians, that's the Transformers, What? that's what they are. Uh, no, we lose. Yeah, probably. I mean, how many people would just get into a car and then it'd just be like, ha I'm secretly a Transformer and crush them and yeah. kill yeah. them. Yeah. So, most aliens I think we're going to lose against, except these dumb motherfuckers from this movie, I think absolutely we'd win in a second. Yeah. The thing is, even if they had taken over places like wherever the fuck their farmhouse was. What about the people living on the beach? They just weren't going to go there? Well, what's your sequel idea? It's not even a sequel. This movie needs to be remade. I believe it can be better. Okay. It's time for a remake. It's been 20 years. Yeah. New actors, new kids. I'm just going to tell you the things I want to be different because okay. I think the story was fine. Yeah. Aliens need to be introduced sooner in the movie. It took too long to get there and too long to even see it. Like, I want to see something. I want it to scare the bejesus out of me. Do you want, like, violent aliens like the xenomorphs? Like, where they're biting and, like, you see their teeth and shit? Like, shit like that? Mm, I don't know quite that. Okay, well, 
Maybe like District 9. District 9. Those aliens, they were pff, gross. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, also, the sign in the cornfield, sure, but I think that there could be other ones. Like, I realize they need them to navigate, but you could just, like, paint the top of a house or something. <laughs> there needs to be other signs. I'd love a modern day, like, well, there's not as many crops now, so we're gonna have to just paint this building. <laughs> something, yeah. Also, the son, like, in his book, the mark, there'll be markings in the book that's, like, their alien language that's, like, deciphering what they say. Also, the brother's gonna get scratched from, Meryl was gonna get, like, scratched or bit or injured from the alien somehow, and he's gonna get very sick from it because they're poisonous. And they're going to have to try and figure out a way to save him, which is what the doctor um, is going to help with. But, you know, all of that. And then Meryl's going to get better after almost dying. And it'll just be just like the original, you know? I feel like you're getting a bit skittish because you know. That Why are you looking at you, me like uh, that? You didn't write out too much there, did you? I told you I didn't before because I think it needs to be remade. I think uh, it's a remake. Uh, well... Is it's, Mel Gibson going to be in it again? No. I said is, new actors. Is Joaquin? No. I new mean, actors, new kids. But not even like a cameo? No. Not even Abigail Breslin? No. Oh, well, who's the actors? I don't know. Put some thought into it. Who's a modern day Mel Gibson? Kanye West, I think. <laughs> Listen, he's trashing me. Who would, but you no, should I'm not. See. I'm trying to extend out what you're saying. So, who would Kanye West's brother be? No, we're not picking Kanye. <laughs> He's a modern day man. No, Gibson. bad. No. <laughs> okay. We're not, it doesn't have to be. I say cast Rory Culkin again, just as Morgan. Just act like he's not older. <laughs> he has terrible ideas. He's given me crap, and he's definitely written less than I have before. And it says sequels, prequels, reboots, or remakes. My sequel is called Signs, Miracles. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the movie opens up with an apocalyptic nightmare that is revealed to be Morgan's dream as he wakes up to the sound of his cell phone ringing. Morgan receives a call from Bo that Graham has passed. Morgan appears disconnected as he returns home for his father's funeral. At the funeral, it is shown that Morgan and his family have become estranged. As Morgan grew older, he stepped away from religion causing a rift between him and his father. Given the events of the first movie, Graham could not understand Morgan's beliefs as he looked more towards science to explain their alien encounters. Which I even said to you, that's insane to me that after seeing an alien, Graham was like, I think it's time to go back to religion. Sure, I guess in some ways, but in other ways, you have to understand there's other shit going on now. Yeah. Either way, Morgan's relationship with Meryl and Bo is just as bad as Morgan is visibly judgmental as they speak about Graham during the funeral. During the funeral, Morgan has a headache causing visions in his mind of the world ending. Meanwhile, at the funeral reception, everyone is receiving news that the aliens have returned. The city is in a panic as the aliens seemingly start to aimlessly roam the town. Several spooky scenes as they begin to fill the city and then the military moves in. Uh, meanwhile, Morgan continues to have visions and is grieving his father as he tries to repair relations with his family as the world may be coming to an end. Eventually, Morgan is attacked by an alien causing another vision where he's able to communicate with an alien that warns them of the environmental disaster being caused by Earthlings, which will cause the destruction of the planet. This would reveal that the aliens did not show up years ago to be hostile, but to warn them, the remaining alien who was killed by Meryl went rogue after being captured and then injured. But overall, 
their reason for the visit was to warn them but after they were attacked by the humans they gave up and are only returning now as it's too late and they're offering to take a select few humans with them they need morgan's help to pass along this message as his contact with the poison gave him the ability to receive messages from this species morgan tries to spread the message and is met with hate by skeptics as Morgan tries to bring the aliens to meet the humans, they are met by an angry mob who kills Morgan, causing the aliens to take Morgan's body and retreat. In an epilogue, Morgan is shown to have been revived by the aliens and discussing with them if it's possible to achieve his family before the world ends. So, I think that my sequel would be direct to DVD. But, the problem for me is I felt the need to try and keep with the religious theme. Yeah. And so that's why I did a remake because like Well, some people probably like that. And so I I tried to continue with that and I wanted it to be that it, it's kind of showing you I did see you killed off Graham. <laughs> well, Mel Gibson should not be around in this movie. <laughs> but also it it played well for the family kind of being distant from each other. I and agree. I like it. The thing is I also based the kind of environmental disaster thing on a real story. I don't know if you ever heard that about the school in Africa where several children saw an alien, apparently, and they grew up and they all claim that the aliens put visions in their head of an environmental disaster ending the world. And um, there's actually like a documentary that's been being worked on, but during COVID it kind of went silent. But these kids are all like adults now and they still all have the exact same story. And it's kind of crazy. Like they all claim an alien came to the school and landed there and warned them that like the earth is going to have an issue if they don't get their shit together that's wild so kind of taking that as inspiration for this and making the aliens because i if i had them come back and not be peaceful then it would have just had to be an all-out war movie like yeah yeah that's what i'm saying i i like what you did with it honestly not as good as mine not as much thought Thank you for making it this far. We hope you enjoyed. If you were able and willing, please share our show with someone, leave us a review, and come back for more next week. If you'd like to vote on whose sequel idea was the best, come by our YouTube channel for the polls, or let us know your ideas with a comment, tweet, or you can reach us at needlesssequel at gmail.com. Links, as always, will be wherever you are listening. All right, be easy, everyone. We'll see you next week. Okay, bye.